This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Picture a 13-year-old Dave in his bedroom with a full Neil Pert set of drums. Not one of them match the other. Some are bongos. Some might be animals. Playing along with this with my headphones on, thinking I'm crushing it and not coming close, but just being so happy. Awesome. I used to play. My mom and dad were not known for their patience, yet they let me play eight hours a day in a 1,200-square-foot house. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty cool. Really impressive. Yeah. I think, I, I think they had a drug trade. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. they were just trying to keep me out of the basement. So Yeah. Oh. Did no, you ever like get a cover the noise? Did you ever get any kind of real drum set? Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, that's, play, that's a He plays drums like semi-professionally. <laughs> yeah, I got better. <laughs> but he still yeah. uses some of the animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, squirrels have a nice tone. Um, <laughs> Dude, it's pretty embarrassing. You ever try your hand at doing a real song? <laughs> it's uh ah, it's already been a weird day. I had my first sound story oh. interview. Uh, remember, I was I was doing lives for those, and I had my first one uh, with a guy named Bob. But I'll talk about that in a second here. But I was here at eight thirty this morning, which you guys are used to, but I'm not. Um, we had a bunch of technical difficulties on a bunch of the stations today. Uh, Amy thought I was going to bring her a bucket of cake, and I had to disappoint her. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. I think you and I have like some sort of uh, uh, connection because. Yeah. I was downstairs getting coffee, and I was going to bring her one of those big giant cookies, but they're all out. And you probably felt that. I think I did because I felt like like I feel like Dave. She might felt a bring ripple me, in the force. Yeah, she might did. Bring me a bucket of cake, and then I couldn't tell if I was projecting my own hope <laughs> into the reality. And uh, then I was like, maybe if you close your eyes and walk in, it'll be there. I finally ate my first bucket of cake. Really? I, I, I like to make friends with them, you know. And uh, so I got one for Sue the other day, uh, but Sue's not eating sugar. So I took it home. Holy crap, that's a yeah, good that's bucket good. of cake. Where's yeah. it come from again? So from the cakery uh, in Dogtown. They do oh. full cakes, but then they have yeah, like, okay. you know, you've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Pretty cool. I don't know what it is about smashing them in there, but it's good. It's really good. It's so good. Yeah, you feel like a little kid. Yeah. You know? It's like a giant cupcake, but better. Mm-hmm. Do they sell out early, or would they still potentially have some now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you Amy, I'm guessing it's, it's not like a barbecue place where they're going to be like, well, we're out for the day. Sometimes they might. Bakeries. Buckets. Yeah, it's a bakery. Bakeries run out of things. Mm. Why did you say a- that like you were from Wisconsin? <laughs> no. Bakeries run out of things. They run oh. out of things. And you know? then also, so I'm not used to getting uh, – I, I get up pretty early, but I don't get up with an alarm. So I uh, – Whenever I have to be up early for something, like this morning I had the 9 o'clock interview with Bob, and so I kept looking. I would wake up, and I would hit my phone to see what time it was, 
And then I would go back to sleep and have a dream. And that happened three or four times. And then I get in here. <laughs> And I turn on my computer, and my my background screen, which has been me holding a two year old Phoebe for years, was just endless pictures of Wheeler. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what? And I'm not even kidding. I was like, still dreaming. Let's just try this again. So we know who it is. Yes. I got it. I mean, I'm not trying good. to hide it. Well, here was my thought. I put myself on there. Uh, Andrew comes in and says. Did any of you guys change Dave's <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, wasn't, Kevin wasn't awake yet, so I couldn't ask him. So I was like, all right, because from my perspective, I'm trying to, I know that Dave takes this stuff very seriously. Like yeah. the, 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 Don't mess with my stuff. I get that. Well, and not only that, but just like the stories and, you know, he's got, like you said, he's got to be here to talk to Bob. So I know he takes that stuff seriously. He's extremely punctual, always early to everything. So I'm trying to make sure he's prepped and ready and he's got everything that he could possibly need and he's not going to have any floating underlying questions. And then in the middle of that, he goes, did you change my computer background <laughs> to a picture of Wheeler for some reason? So I, I did an I did Alvin and the Chipmunk scream. Wheeler! I overthought it because I thought, all right, that is exactly the kind of thing Kevin would do. Yes. So it's got to be Kevin. But yes. I wouldn't think he'd put a photo of himself on it. I would have thought it had been something. I don't know. It's a good photo. That's exactly what Kevin would do. But Andrew looks at us like a disappointed parent. Like, I don't want to have to ask you you this question. I don't want to ask it, but I'm going to ask it. I don't want to stop the class to ask who changed the picture. I mean, you guys know me, right? What I was going to say is I'm not Kevin Wheeler. Why would I do that? And, and... Like Dave has a computer. I Every, don't have a computer. Everything, <laughs> everything in my life would have been uh, up for grabs if I found out that Amy Mark scores very early in the morning was sitting at my desk, changing my background to Wheeler. At that point, I'd been like, okay, I guess she, she doesn't know possible. how to. She has no idea how to prank. Have you, have you ever pranked anybody ever? No. Sometimes I'll say something that's a joke and I pretend like it's true and then I immediately follow it up and say that was a joke. The only thing I ever did was one year, I was probably late teens, early 20s, and we were pulling names for Christmas and I filled the bowl with Dave's. And so everyone mm-hmm. got my name. Yeah, that's, great. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's actually a good one. Oh, I'm jealous. I got real close. That's so oh, good. Awesome. Real close. Was it like a secret Santa thing? Yeah. Oh my God. Wouldn't it have been great if you got like 20 gifts it was, and nobody and was, else got any? That's pretty good. The advantage I had was it was our first year to ever do that uh-huh. because everyone bought for everyone. And I remember what it was. I'm the one who instituted it because I said, hey, I'm broke, poor. I can't buy something for everyone. Why don't we just put all our names in there? Yeah, and yeah. Everyone loved it. And I'm like, hee hee. So. <laughs> Love it. That's a good move. <laughs> How long did you let it play? Uh, about a month. Yeah. <laughs> good. About a month. Good man. So, yeah, I did my sound story today. I'm not going to say Bob's last name because he didn't tell me that I could. But it's what what a privilege it is to sit and interview someone. Bob's 80. Uh, and talk about their life, mm-hmm. uh, their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids, their, their successes, their failures, their ups, their downs. It really was. It was It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think we should do that probably with all of our elders. I agree. As many as you can. Just just record it because, you know. Yeah. I just really have wish, it. Yeah, I really wish the service. I was, I was telling Bob this. I really wish that the service had existed 
Like in particular for my grandma, who I like, I spent a yeah. lot of time with her. I lived with her, but I just, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you know, you're in high school or whatever, like talking to your grandma about yeah. her life story isn't at top of mind. Well, like my mom, you know, she'll be 97 this year, and my mom is like a force of nature. She should be on the elemental table, you know, <laughs> next to Boron or something. Just a picture of my mom. Francium. But, France. and so my kids know her and they know the legend of, of Grandma Glover, but their kids, it'll just be stories. Yeah. I think about this a lot. I'm about the last generation, maybe the one right after me, I guess, I don't know, where um, you don't have a million videos of you yeah, people growing up now have a have oh a, yeah have two yeah. billion photos and everything's, everything's on video on a constantly website, recording. Yeah. I don't I don't even know if any videos of me as a kid exist. So like I'm, I don't know anything about any one of my great grandparents. Never. I mean, if I met them, I was a baby. I know nothing about them. I know almost that's everything. Most, I think that's most people. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. I think that's the norm, right? Yeah, it's like you know your grandparents if they were alive because you you see them a good bit. But, but the generation before that, you just – and it's not only that you didn't know them, but nobody really talked to you about them unless they were an inventor or, you right. know, they were famous or something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah that, I, knew, I knew my dad's – my dad's mom's mom lived until I was like 11, 12 years hmm. old. So I got to wow. know her a little bit. wonder if that's going to change with, like, with what we're talking about. I think so. I, I think, like, the sound story thing will probably become – just very common and expected and strange when you don't have that. You know, 50 years from now, I think we'll all have everyone on, it'll probably be like holograms. You right. Know, well, they'll, they'll, AI or you'll something. upload right. their personality uh, into an AI. Yeah. So Nick and I were over at my mom's, it's probably been about a year. And uh, there's a, a picture of my dad, kind of sepia tone when he was uh, in the Navy, 17 years old. And Nick took a picture of it and ran it through some sort of an app, and it brought him back to life. Mm. And it freaked both. It freaked me out, and my mom was like witchcraft, right? I mean, it was <laughs> – but uh, there's a big debate going on right now because we, I guess, have the technology uh, to go back as far as you want to go. As long as you have pictures, and especially if you have video of someone, you can recreate them. Yeah. And you can have them say anything and like, hi – I'm your great-great-grandfather, Ted, and blah, 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 blah. But a lot of people are saying, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. It's unnatural. It's yeah, disturbing. Yeah. I'm not crazy about that. I don't I don't think I would want that to happen. Like, if I, you know, if I died of, oh, I don't know, a heart attack or something. Just uh, something random. <laughs> just something random, like eating uh, nothing but cheeseburgers every day for 30 years. Uh, I, I don't think I would want anyone to, like, revive me through an app and look at pictures of me, you know, doing like those Harry Potter pictures where they're moving or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't, I think there is something to, I think there's something to letting the dead, letting rest. something go. Yeah. Yeah. Letting something go and, and, and accepting that I have these wonderful pictures of my father or my brother or whatever, but they're no longer, it's a part of life. What you if know, it becomes like you see in some of the sci-fi movies though, mm -hmm. where you can actually like download the memories oh. And those are actually the real memories that you're you're getting from someone. Oh, what's the foundation? Did you watch that show, Foundation? No, you've brought that up a couple well, they, times. So basically what that is is it starts with, and this is not a giveaway of the plot, It, it this I, it, it, human beings at some point figure out this tech where every ruler that follows the original one, his name was Cleon, 
was a direct exact clone of the first one and then also gets uploaded all of the knowledge and memories that each one before them had. So they're gathering all of this as they go. And they also have the holograms that have essentially the download of that particular ruler. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that, but what if it's that? Mm -hmm. What if it is that they're not necessarily conscious or alive the way that we see it now, but you have their full memory and you can ask them questions about things that they lived. I bet we come pretty close to that. Maybe. I mean, the hard part is, do we ever figure out the hard, well, like the hardware to download versus here's the thing, though, somebody about it. putting it in you know, verbally? So the whole argument about a simulation that Elon Musk made was if we grow at even 1% tech-wise, and I think we're doubling every like three years yeah. now, but if we grow at even 1%, it's inevitable that our descendants will, will have the technology to create a simulation that's uh, indistinguishable from reality. My point would be that that's true. That's going to happen. We're going to continue to grow technologically unless we stop it on purpose or unless it is stopped by, like, nuclear war or something. Yeah. But if we don't stop it, like, that's enough, uh, no more clones, uh, it will continue. And we will just continue to be a more technological-based society, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. I don't know if it's either. I mean, because we are that now compared to... 2,000 years ago. If if people 2,000 years ago could see this is what we're going to be, they'd be like, what the hell? But you don't think there's a point where we lose our humanity within the technology? It could be, but I mean, I think people from that time would look at us that way now. They don't do anything from themselves. They get driven around in these machines and they fly in these machines. They're not doing anything on their own. They're not doing the math by hand or they just put it into a little computer that they hold in their hand. That also takes pictures and plays music, and they can find out anything they want to. You don't have to go to the Library of Alexandria to find something out. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. True. True, true. 123 DGS on KMOX. What do you got today? Uh, Trish Cazell couldn't come in today because of the aforementioned technical difficulties at the stations. Uh, Trisha is going to be back in. She was with us yesterday. 
I'm really excited about this, being a Bigfoot guy. Uh, anyone who's into Bigfoot, Dr. Jeff Meldrum oh. is like the guy from Idaho State. It's your best friend. My best friend, and he's going to be on today. Uh, we have uh, The Think Tank with Steve Ellman and Megan from Michael Kelly's group, so it should be good. Uh, Andrew, I meant to talk about this last night, the Dark Forest Hypothesis. Yes. Okay, so this has been going a little bit viral. Um, you guys, are you familiar with the Dark Forest Hypothesis? I'm not. Nope. Okay, so are you familiar with the Fermi Paradox? Yes. 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 Okay, so the Fermi Paradox, of course, uh, and if I'm wrong, correct me on this, but I believe it is essentially how could it be possible that there is life out in the universe if we haven't been contacted yet? Yes, basically. Um, or you, I've always thought it was we haven't been contacted because it's the distances are just so impossibly far, it's impossible for them to to. to contact us i think they're all the, i think they all like kind of go into the same thing of trying to explain why there almost has to be more life in the universe but we've never heard from them. i think it was wasn't it edward teller who said if they're here where are they like if if they yeah. exist where are they yeah penn and teller said that um Not so penn and teller uh, <laughs> so um he didn't talk much but he did say that uh so uh -huh. the dark forest hypothesis is a theory that there are tons and tons of of other alien civilizations out there but they are not reaching out because they are both uh, uh, able to reach out, but all sentient and hostile is the word that's frequently used. So they are afraid that if they reach out to us, we're going to come kill them. Or if they reach out or, you know, if if we get too close to them or if they reach out to anybody else. Essentially, the, the, the dark forest part comes in that it's uh, think of it like a dark forest filled with stalking, you know, tigers and panthers and things like they can see us. They know we're there, but they're afraid that if they reach out to us, we're going to kill them. So because isolationists. Because they kind of want to kill us. Because they are like, hmm. we don't really know you. We don't trust you. We're a little hostile towards you. But they're also assuming that we will be hostile towards them. Why would they ever look at the history of the world and assume that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what could give them the idea that uh, humans okay. humans hate things that are other than them. Well. Oh. Was there a question? Oh, it sounded like you are going to say something. Oh, yeah, 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 you took a deep, deep breath in, and I was like, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I thought you, you were going to say oh, something. You went, okay. Okay. I know. That then you I, fooled us. I yeah. know. I had nothing. Was that Basic, it? Basically that we should treat, oh. we should treat the way, them the way they treat us, which is a threat. Here's the thing. Nobody knows anything about any of this. We're in the dark. We might, if the people that are whistleblowers now are telling the truth, well, then we're going to start to find out what the reality of it is, but I just find it interesting that you're being asked to buy into a hypothesis that we don't have any evidence for or against. Yeah. Well, but that would explain why there's no signals out there. Well, like as it says here, why the electromagnetic spectrum is not bustling with activity for, or, or, or they example, do it a different way than we do. I mean, for example, like my Bigfoot stuff, um, I believe there is an animal out there that we call Bigfoot. However, when I listen to my Bigfoot stuff, they get so in the weeds. And yeah, one time I was yeah. listening, and these two guys were debating whether Bigfoot could open a doorknob. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, boys, how about we find one first? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we decide whether they like Anderson windows over a window. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, you, it's you like give them all the so, give all the doors you want. As an, I guess the way I the, the problem that I run into is I would assume just how big the universe is that there are all kind forms of life 
that are way younger than we are in development and those that are probably millions and millions and millions of years past where we are. If you're millions of years past where we are, why would you make yourself known to someone that can't comprehend anything you're doing? Yeah. Like, we don't announce our presence to ants. And they don't care about us. And they communicate in a completely different way than we do. We can't show them math. We can't tell them words. They, it, it's not, it would be pointless. So there's that argument that they're so much further ahead, it would be pointless for them to even try. Or we're just not useful to them. Well, like, if, if, like if, just like a bunch of ants wouldn't be useful to me today. If that kind of civilization existed, then just take the planet. But they could. I mean, it just, just but they may it. not need that's, to. That's the whole that, point. Well, yeah. If and so since Ranji. they haven't, yeah. since they yeah. haven't, if take it would be ant planets like, he's yeah. got black glasses. Oh, yeah. God. Like, just like, ants can't me. do math. Ranji can't do math either. Take me to you, Ranji. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just take them. I'm saying, well, the reason they haven't done it is because they don't care. Could the be. Ants. Could be. Not the ants, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even do math. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. One thirty-five, DJS and KMOX. Uh, let's talk a little politics here. We have the think tank coming up at four. We'll, we'll, we'll dive deep, uh, but we have the New Hampshire primaries today. Here's what I think is going on. Here's kind of the big picture. So everyone is out, but Trump and Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley seems to be kind of finding her guts a little bit and going after Trump a, a little harder. Uh, Trump's being Trump. And he has to be euphoric because pretty much everybody who's anybody is lining up behind him and endorsing him. So he's he's in the catbird seat. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So what could happen? What do you think's going to happen? Thoughts? Aim? We'll start with you. I mean, I said I I chosen to be blissfully naive and ignorant and hope that Haley has a chance in New Hampshire, even though. I just don't think she does. Uh, I'm. It's just disheartening to see just the cowardice in the Republican Party. It's. I think groveling is always gross. So for Ron DeSantis to tuck his tail between his legs and come back obsequious and meek and praising Trump is. It's off-putting. It's gross. It's not attractive. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, he or said independent. He was grooming children. Ugh. How yeah. do you, how do you yeah. come yeah. back from that? Yeah, and so. That uh, that hold that Trump has on the Republican Party is very discouraging. But like I said, I'm hoping I'm hoping against all hope, because why not? What 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 harm can come from me hoping Nikki Haley has a chance, even though I'll admit she like the other Republican Republican nominees, except for Chris Christie. She's not gone gone unequivocally against Trump. Nope. She has not said anything that might offend the Trumpian base. And how do you beat someone you're not competing against? They're not so DeSantis, Haley, they're not they're not running going after Trump. They're not they're not running against Trump. They're just running. Maybe she thinks, and I, I bet this is accurate, um, that there was no path for her to get this close mm-hmm. if she went after him from the start. She's probably right. 
she probably loses yeah. like Christy does. Yeah. And 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 because he's the only one who did it. Now, if all of them, I think, if all of them had done it the entire process, if you had if if you had Trump not participating in the debates, and here's these other eight people, and every single one of them is going after him, would would Republican voters turn on all of them at once? Or would they would that message start to sink in like, man, here's a huge panel of of potential candidates and every single one of them is going after this guy does that does that make a dent in him and i don't know if it does or not but maybe it's the only way i think the reason that i'm so discombobulated amy you're as close to a historian as we have here um i can name other leaders uh, in other countries who have had this sort of a stranglehold over their Mm -hmm. people i can't think of any United States presidents, mm-hmm. even going all the way back. But then again, I've not, I don't have a PhD in Lincoln or Washington or Jefferson. But can you think of any uh, democratically elected presidents who had this sort of stranglehold? Yeah, this cult of personality. I can't. And I, and I don't remember. I don't remember other politicians and congressmen saying we're going to rally around our leader. I don't remember that. I don't remember that type of language where it's all focused on one guy. It's not principles because the whole test of what makes you a good Republican now is blind loyalty to Trump. That's that's the test. There's no character test. There's no competence test. There's no policy test. I mean, Ron DeSantis absolutely nailed it when he said you could be the absolute worst Republican ever, but if you kiss the ring... You are the best Republican ever. That's it. See, that that troubles me. I, I know that I'm well known for not liking Trump, but replace him with anybody, Joe Biden, Mitt Romney, anybody who I find more palatable personally. If people were treating them like they're t- treating Donald Trump, I would be just as Agreed. scared. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you could make the argument that Obama had it, but I, that's popularity. There's a difference between popularity and whatever the Trump thing there, is. Like That's could, not the same thing. You can find people who followed a political figure like a cult. What you can't find is this many and all the all of the most prominent figures in the Republican Party are kissing the ring of Trump and the voting base. So, yeah, can you find some who worshipped Obama, who worshipped Clinton? I'm sure. I mean, Reagan's got was, a following, but it wasn't But it wasn't creepy. He's it was all it. about policy. I, I feel like the Reagan thing is has really... Nobody really talks about Reagan Republicans anymore being yeah. the the model of what we should be achieving. Oh, they, At least they not mock a, them. The, the current yes. Republican Party mocks yeah. Reagan. Just five years ago, it was the it was supposed to it was considered the model of the Republican Saint Party Ronald. to be a Reagan Republican. That's gone now. Mm-hmm. So, real question: If Donald Trump died in his sleep, and I'm not wishing for him to die, so don't get sideways, but everyone dies. If he died in his sleep tonight, what do they do? Well, what's the Republican Party left with? Because they've abandoned policy. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem, and I know this is not politics, but the problem is immediately the the conspiracy theory community takes over. That he was killed, he was murdered. It, immediately. And I think, given what we've seen, a lot of people that could go the other direction and like, all right, let's get back to policy, let's get back to this, might just go right down that rabbit hole. Yeah, but I I think they might get shouted down. But that couldn't be sustainable long term. Right. I think they get 
it, it might t- have some legs for a while, but I think that gets ultimately shouted down. I mean, I always thought some of this other stuff was going to get shot down, and then you got last night somebody showing up at the Trump rally yelling well, out but, QAnon things, and he's like, mm-hmm, but but here's the mm-hmm. th- I think the difference is this: he's the one person that everybody that all of them listen to, and whatever he says is gospel. I don't think there's anybody else in that party that if they took over that role of oh he was he was assassinated or whatever i don't think they're yeah. listening the way they listen to trump i don't think his momentum can continue much longer after him because it's not the trump following is not based on principle it's not based on policy it's based on a personality and when that personality is gone the most loyal followers of trump i don't they don't really know what they're standing for other Nobody, than what he stood for, which he's, what is what he stands for himself. He's the only one of them that can fire up a crowd the way he can do it. None of them can do it. Well, that doesn't mean, though, that somebody won't pick up the mantle, somebody who's a good public they speaker, try. and just recite the same things he did. I mean, anybody who can, who can, I mean, there are a lot, I mean, you know, we talked about Obama. One of his strengths was reaching an audience, his ability to speak. It wouldn't be that hard to conceive of someone who can speak saying, you know what really worked? That stuff that Trump did, and now I'm going to do that because it'll work for me. Well, that's DeSantis, and that no, did not he doesn't work well. have that. He well, doesn't have the control over a crowd. He can't do that. Well, that's what we're talking about. I, I don't. Think, know, I don't think anybody can. Yeah, no, and I think so much of Trump is Trump. Him, the personality. I think it dies off. I think people lose interest. They're not going to be as passionate about anybody else, no matter how Trumpian or how Q they sound. Mm-hmm. It's just going to fade away. Other things will come up, and they'll lose interest. Let's talk to Matt on line one. Matt, thanks for holding on. Go right ahead. You're on the air. Uh, oh, thank you very much. And uh, I guess I'll start off with, and, and Amy, I enjoy listening to you. I agree with you often, but right now I don't. Um, I think there's been a couple of three presidents in the last 100, 125 years that had complete blind following by the populace and uh, of their party, of, of the populace. For example, FDR. I think Woodrow Wilson, after World War One started and we were engaged um, to a degree Teddy Roosevelt but you know there's a lot of people that don't like Trump the person who don't enjoy him but really like his policies and I think so many of the liberals and I don't think you're liberal Amy I think you're somewhere in the middle that's a compliment because you're a journalist but Trump is followed because people see that he gets things done that's their perception that's their reality, and you can't argue with that. But so many of his talking points, so to speak, now resonate with a lot of conservatives, a lot of independents, and even some historically liberal Democrats. And the border, for example, which is completely a disaster, and in my opinion, and amongst many others. But to say that, you know, it's it's a they're not following Trump like what they're thumb in their mouth and just marching behind them, they, they support what his ideology is and what he believes in. And even though, you know, I, Trump is loud, arrogant, he wouldn't last a half an hour in a South St. Louis City bar, okay? But I like the guy's policies, and that's what we need in a president. And I'm a hypocrite here because I say I don't like him and is the, the person, and I like his policies, but there's it's completely different like biden i can go on so many crimes right now going on with biden and you could say the same thing amy i know how you react sometimes 
there's crimes with Trump. And, you know, what is at cost here for our nation? We are losing our republic. That is a fact. And, and you can't contest that if you take time to look at all the things I would, that are going I would contest that. Where's the evidence and proof? Not just the idea, but where is the evidence of an actual collapse of the Fed, of, of our country, of our, of our way of life? Okay, great question. And a, and a fair answer would be the $31, $32 trillion debt we're in right now and how we're going to The debt to GDP high. ratio right now is not much different than it's been over and the last Trump 30 years. Trump contributed a lot to that. And he raised that. Yep. He increased no, no. the debt. Now, and some of it's not his fault. He had to deal with COVID. So, yeah. like, I want to be clear. I'm not blaming him for that. But the point is that the the, jet, the, the debt to GDP ratio is a little bit higher than it's been at times in the past, but not much more than it was 30 years ago. No, you, you're right. All right. But you're still talking about a hard number. That, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago, it was not even a trillion dollars. I mean, right, now but we have again, but gas, gas was 90 cents. I mean, like, it's all relative no, no, to the time. I understand that very, very well. You're talking, you know, the deficit and the, and the debt are two different things. But, no, we are losing so many things to the big government. In other words, big brother. You know, George Orwell had a lot of great points. And what you're looking about how the IRS is, is, is taking away personal freedoms, everything, we're being scrutinized. What freedoms are they taking that, away? Hey, let me jump in here. We have to go to a break, but I want, I want to ask Matt something because he sounds like a smart, reasonable guy. So, Matt, I, in 20 years, have voted for one Democrat, and I think it's because whoever it was was running against Jay Ashcroft, and I had Jay on my show, and he was a douche. So, uh, <laughs> so I have been in the Republican tent for a long time. I voted for Trump in 16 because I believed him when he said, I'm going to be the most boring president ever. He terrifies me because I think he's uh, a man-child, and I think he's crazy, and I think there's very little he wouldn't do vis-a-vis January 6th. Uh, If it were any other Republican, any of them— Hold on. You don't even use January 6th. Are you kidding me? Look, he was— that was a bad day for our country, no question about it. A bunch of really stupid people got involved. But to call those people true insurrectionists, they didn't have any guns there. Look, this is a horrible thing. They all should be punished. I'm not saying anything against that. That's that's not the case. Well, what about Trump calling them hostages? Oh, the people that – that's probably stupid. I'm not, not saying Trump's not right all the time. But that's not <laughs> just, uh, I, in Trump fairness, that's not Trump just stupid. It's, it's dangerous. Trump that's the problem. War, no, Trump did not get us into any conflict during his, that he would never have pulled off the Afghanistan fiasco, which was one of the greatest crimes our government's committed in decades. Wait, let me, let me, I, I'm going yeah. to no pun Trump you all. Um, <laughs> this is a good call because what I am picking up from Matt's call is that, and and I'm not saying this to uh, pat Matt on the head. He seems to know more about stuff than I do. I'm just saying he just does. Uh, but I think Trump's crazy. Matt thinks Trump is quirky. Fair enough. We you know, two reasonable people who see this guy very differently. Matt would rather have a quirky, weird, wouldn't last for an hour in uh, South County bar Trump versus Biden, who may be dirty, has terrible policies, and he's taking us into the abyss. I look at it and say, I wish it were a Republican, uh, but not Trump because he's he's a nut bar. You see what I'm saying? It's like I'm used to talking to Republicans who support Trump who are just as crazy or crazier than him. Matt doesn't strike me that way. We see things very differently. 
uh, I could talk to Matt for a couple of hours. And by the end of it, one of us may move toward the other's position. But hearing Matt gives me hope and scares me because he seems like a smart, reasonable guy who doesn't see the same Trump that I do. I know we're really late for a break. Welcome back, guys. DGS154. Let's talk to John from St. Charles. John, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Oh, that's me. Thanks. Yeah. Good. Uh, I got. I have a hundred complaints against Trump, but I'm going to mention just one that should keep him out of the presidency. Okay. Back when he had the uh, beauty contest, this is in several publications, at least three. When he had the beauty contest, there was underage girls, 15, 16, and 17, that said he would make it a habit or regularly more than once come in and wait for them to change clothes. And when they're naked, he'd come in and talk to them and look at them. And they're very uncomfortable. They complained several times. They said, well, that's just Trump. Uh, he just wants to be, uh, wants some attention. Just come up and talk to him if you're naked or whatever, whatever. And that was it. So then years later on Howard Stern, he gets on there. The subject came up somehow. I can't remember how. I heard the broadcast. And he admits to, uh, well, I ran those shows, and yes, you should see these beautiful girls' bodies. They're beautiful, Howard. And he said, he said something like, uh, you know, I ran those clubs, and I was just coming in to inspect. And they both started laughing because they both used the word, oh, you're suspecting these girls, huh? Isn't that enough for him to admit that, to keep him out of the presidency? Do people even know about these things? Just Hundreds of these things that have happened. Thank you, John. What do you think about that? Wheels, what do you got? I mean, I, I have the direct quote from the Howard Stern show, so I can read that. To, if, if, I mean, I, I know most people know it, but this is an exact quote from the Howard Stern show in 2005. I'll go backstage before a show, and everyone's getting dressed and ready and everything else. And you know, no men are anywhere, and I'm allowed to go in because I'm the owner of the pageant, and therefore I'm inspecting it. Is everyone okay? You know, they're standing there with no clothes, and you see these incredible-looking women, and I sort of get away with these things like that. That was not yep. that was not made up by a Democrat. That was not um, something he was forced to testify to under oath. He willingly went on a radio show and bragged about that. And if you're saying, well, it's just locker room talk, he didn't really do it. There are women that were in those pageants that say, yep, he did. Mm -hmm. They corroborate the story that he told about himself. Now, maybe that's not a deal breaker. I, I think one of the things I said during the break was I understand if people like policies, but at some point, doesn't there have to be a deal breaker somewhere regardless? Let me give one thought before we break here. Trump is Trump. I can't stand him. Other people love him and people like Matt put up with him. None of this would have happened before 2000. Uh, a guy like Trump would never have caught on like this before the media and social media. And you get to pick your channel who only f spoon feeds you what you want to hear, whether it's MSNBC or it's Fox. So Trump to me is a symptom uh, uh, an outgrowth of what we have done to ourselves since about 2000. Um, and that scares me. I don't think there's going to be another Trump. There will never be another one like him, whether you love him or hate him. But we still have all the makings for big personalities, big flawed personalities. And look, the next one could be a Democrat. Uh, that everyone gets behind and forgives all of their sins, and but you don't understand them the way that I do. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 